Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Just a minute, I'm going to talk to you about the minefield of leadership. But before I do, I want to give you a leadership concept that I've learned, and that is that listening adds to your leadership. Being in the room multiplies your leadership. What I found is there's never a substitute for being in the room with other leaders. When you're in the room with other leaders, there is a environment that takes place that is so dynamic. So I want to invite you to a special room. On October 19th and 20th, we are doing our uh, North Texas Leadership Conference in Plano, Texas. And right now we have partial registrations available. You can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and you can sign up for them there. But these partials are just this. It gets you in the room. You get to be in a room where you are going to hear some of the highest level teaching on leadership. You're going to be in the room where you are going to interact with high level leaders and it is going to multiply you. I would just remind you of a biblical story, and that was uh, four friends who had a man in need. Jesus was preaching in a home, and the crowd was so large that it was impossible to get in. But they knew that being in the room was the thing that would change this man. So they literally climbed up on the roof, took off the top, and lowered the man down. And in the room, Jesus did the miraculous. There's never a substitute for being in the room. People sometimes say, well, I can just listen to it online. Well, I get that. But when you have an opportunity to be in the room, it changes everything. So I want to encourage you. Partial registrations are still available for you and your team. Please go to Gerald Brooks Ministry. It's uh, October 19th and 20th and be a part. Today, I want to take a couple of minutes and I want to talk to you about the minefield of leadership, the minefield of leadership. These are places that when a leader steps into them, they're devastating. They, they cause damage to them. But anyone who knows anything about a mine knows that it doesn't just cause damage to them. It causes collateral damage, damage to others. And, and so it's important that a leader always avoids minefields that can get in their way. So let me just talk to you about it several minefields. The first one is labeling and limiting yourself or others. Labeling and limiting yourself or others. If you've ever gone to one of the big cities on the East Coast that's sort of a tourist attraction and yet it has a whole lot of dynamic around it, a whole lot of places, maybe a New York City would be an example. Uh, There's street vendors there. And these street vendors at times will sell knockoffs. Now, knockoffs, everyone knows what they are. They're products that look real, but they're not. They look genuine, but they're not. So these knockoffs can look like a purse or they can look like a watch or they can look like pretty well anything. And they're designed on the surface to look like it. But on the other hand, they're not the real thing. One of the things that I want to say to you is the world wants to label you. It wants to give you a label. 
And it's always labeling people. It labels some people as slow, some people as losers, some people as average, some people as dumb, some people as ineffective. The world wants to label you. It wants to give you a label. And the way the world labels you is not so you live up to something, but so you live down to something. And you begin to live down to it. And it's not only that the world wants to label you, but people want to label you. And it's so unfortunate in our society that people want to label each other and they want to uh, pigeonhole them and they want to put them in a circumstance where you're this or you're this and there's nothing that can ever. People label and they take a snapshot and they make it a permanent statement of life. But probably the most devastating is that you can label you. And it's not that the world wants to label you. And it's not that people want to label you, but it's when you label yourself and you accept a label in your life. Well, I'll never amount to anything. I never do anything right. Well, I'll never achieve much. The thing about God is that God has a plan for you. And as a leader, you have to understand that that plan for you is bigger than you. If it was something that was achievable by you, it wouldn't be a God-sized plan. If it's something that you could do on your own, it would not be reflective of God. But God has big plans for you to do things in you, to accomplish things through you. Now, that being said, one of the examples of labeling is found in um, the story of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is drawing crowds and People really didn't have any focus on John the Baptist, but the famous people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees of that time, they were just frustrated. He was drawing bigger crowds than them. And you know how it is. Everyone's into the crowd numbers. And so these people go out and they see these crowds following him. And then they ask John the Baptist, they said, who are you? And the thing that John the Baptist did was a was interesting. He could have said, well, I'm Elizabeth and Zachariah's son, because that's who he was. He could have said that, you know, I'm this or I'm that. But what he did was he chose a label that was a God label. And it was Isaiah 40 and verse three. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way. See, if you're going to choose a label, don't choose the world's label. Don't choose people's labels and don't choose your label. Choose God's label of who you are. Live up to who God has called you to be and not down to what world, yourself, or others want you to be. One of the things that I know about effective leaders is that they don't let others label them. And another thing is they don't label other people. See, because God saw possibility in them, they see possibility in others. And so one of the minefields is if you ever label, because when you label, you limit yourself and you limit others. Let me give you another one. Failing to master your moods. 
failing to master your moods. See, you can learn and train yourself to have a bad mood. And it's unfortunate that some people, that's all they've trained themselves to do. They've trained themselves to have a bad mood. But it is possible to train yourself to have a good mood. And Paul, being quoted in the book of Acts, he says this, I think myself happy. Well, what a thought. I think myself happy. What was he saying? I can determine my mood. There's nothing worse in leadership than a leader with a bad mood. And there's nothing worse in leadership than a leader who is moody. And they're up and they're down and they're down and they're up and they're zigzagging across the mood spectrum. And you just don't know what you're going to get. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. He said this. He says, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. See, he learned that he could control his moods. He learned that circumstances offer him opportunities, but ultimately it comes down to his choice. And he says, I've learned that whether I'm on top or I'm on the bottom, I've learned to be content. And what he was saying is, is that circumstances weren't mood dictators to him. But to the contrary, his mood was his choice. See, you have more control than you think over your mood. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 32 says this, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And what that means is, is that you control you. The prophet can control his spirit. And that's important. But one of the things as a leader you must do is you must win within. Let me say it again. You must win within. In Proverbs 23 and verse 7, it says, as a person thinks in his heart, so are they. What is that saying? I begin to modulate who I am on the inside. The outside offers me opportunities, but the inside is something that I choose. So one of the minefields is when a leader doesn't master their moods and they're just up and down or they're down all the time. People won't follow a moody leader. Let me give you another minefield. Taking shortcuts. See, taking shortcuts will always get a leader in trouble because here's what happens. People start choosing what's best instead of what's right. That's a shortcut. Well, this is just best. Well, is it right? If it's not right, then don't do it. What's best instead of what's right? Or what's easiest instead of what works? Well, this is, this is the easy option. Yeah, but does it really work? 
or what feels good instead of what lasts. See, all three of those are shortcuts. When you choose what's best instead of what's right, what's easiest instead of what works, and what feels good instead of what lasts. In the Old Testament, there's a story that epitomizes this, and it's the story of Esau, you know, Jacob's brother. Esau was the firstborn, therefore he got the birthright. And that was a strategic economic decision that was made in Israel that land was given proportionately uh, to the older brother in a dimension that it wouldn't be given to the other brothers. There was a birthright there. But Esau is going to give up his birthright. He's going to take the easy road. And he's going to give up his birthright because the story tells us that he was exhausted. He was tired. See, when you're tired, it's easy to take a shortcut. And then he's going to give up his birthright because he's going to lose sight of a biblical value. That God had prioritized certain things in a certain way. And he's going to let momentary priorities become bigger than God priorities. And boy, doesn't that happen on a regular basis. And so he's going to lose his values. And he's going to make a long-term decision during a bad moment. And one of the things you never do is you never make a long-term decision in a tough moment. You just don't do that. And then he's going to do it quickly. He's not going to think through the consequences of it. See, people take shortcuts when they get tired. People take shortcuts when they lose sight of their values. People take shortcuts when they may let the moment define their future. And people take shortcuts when they do things quickly without pausing and slowing down. And see, for many leaders, they get themselves in trouble that they just take a shortcut. And taking a shortcut isn't something that you want to do. Shortcuts usually cause big problems. Another minefield is trying to please everyone. Just trying to please everybody. When you try to please everybody, you get yourself in a whole lot of trouble. And the reason we try to please everybody is that we want to be liked. No one gets up in the morning and says, I want people to dislike me. The nature of us as individuals is we want to be liked. But when you try to please everyone, you don't end up being liked. But see, we want to avoid problems. We think if we do what everyone else says, we won't have any problems. But when you do what everyone else says, you have problems, you just have a different set of problems. And then we try to please everyone because we want others' attention. 
we want people to notice us. But that doesn't work. In Proverbs chapter 14, it talks about there's a way that seems right unto men, but leads to destruction. And what I know is that when you try to please everyone, you create problems. Because as a leader, you have to make decisions. And not everyone's going to like them. You have to make decisions. They're not always going to resolve problems. Sometimes they'll create different problems. And when you make a decision, you're going to get attention. But it may not be for the reasons you want. But that's all right. If you're a leader, you make the decision. See, leaders are seldom considered everybody's best friend. Leaders are seldom considered everyone's best friend. Let me give you another minefield. Not staying fresh. Leadership requires that you give your best. And that you give your best regularly. But here's what happens. When you give your best, it's hard to stay at your best. And if you don't work at staying fresh, you'll become stale. You'll become that piece of bread that is hard and crusty. You'll begin to develop a little bit of mold that is not positive. Well, you're not staying fresh. So one of the things that a leader has to do is constantly do the things that fuel them and reinvigorate them so they can stay fresh. And so you've got to ask this question, what feeds you? Now, what feeds one person may not feed another person. I have a dear friend. They are fed when they listen to worship music. That is the inspiration of their soul. I have another friend. They're fed when they just are taking out every uh, commentary on a verse and looking at it and searching it. It feeds their soul. For me, as I've said many times, mine is about solitude and reflection. It is where I draw my energy, just being alone with God. But you have to figure out what feeds you. But then when you figure out what feeds you, do it. And do it continually and repeatedly. And don't stop doing it. And then what inspires you? Again, the power of the room. There's two rooms I make sure I'm in every year. And it's because those two rooms inspire me. They make me think bigger. They make me want to be bigger they make me better. Now, I can get all the content and I can get the information. But unless you're in the room, you don't get the inspiration. And I want you to understand that. The power of the room isn't the information. The power of the room is the inspiration. And so I just want to say to you that you've got to find out what inspires you. And whatever inspires you, Expose yourself to it. And then what grows you? The other day, I was on a trip and my son Cody, who is just amazing, 
Without him, I couldn't do what I do with leaders. And he's just an exceptional, really, he's one of the best leadership thinkers that I know. If you sit down with him and I'm not in the room, he can pretty well answer 99% of any question I've ever been asked. Why? Because he's just in the room. But he asked me a question. And he asked me a question about growth. And what I said to him is I said, most people would rather talk about growing than growing. And a part of it is, is that when you have a track record of growth, so I've done this for 46 years. And my ambition is to every day grow. But when you have that, what you find is after 46 years, easy growth is off the table. And when I say easy growth, some people could go to the library and pick up any book and it'll give them an idea they've never had before. But see, when you've gone into the library for 46 years, you can't pick up any book because you've read most of the books. You have to find books that inspire you. I'm reading a book right now the average person wouldn't read. But in four pages, it inspired me more in leadership. But what I've learned is for the average person, it's not where they're at. They haven't grown for 46 years. So what grows you? In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, it says this. It says that there would be the refreshing that comes by the Spirit. Find out what refreshes you. The next principle is this. Failing to create a team. The minefield here is, is that going it alone doesn't work. You're not good enough to go alone. And God didn't create you to go alone. God intended that you be a part of a team. And really, a lot of the COVID thing has defeated what God has told us to do. People now want to Zoom something. They want to watch something. They don't want to be a part of something. And being a part of a team is a game changer. Because when you're a part of the team, when one fails, the other succeeds. This is what happens. You have to create a team. And what that means is, is together you can do more. We multiply each other. Our strengths overtake our weaknesses, but that only happens in a team. And success is better when you succeed with others. And success is better when you succeed for others. These are all just leadership minefields. None of them are really new thoughts. But what I will tell you is, all of you that are listening to this, you need to watch your step because when you step into one of these, you can blow up your leadership and you create collateral damage for others. Just a few thoughts today. Let me pause again and remind you of October 19th and 20th. We're doing the North Texas Leadership Conference. You need to be in the room. 
even on a partial registration, because information without inspiration isn't enough. And so you want to be informed, but you want to be inspired. This room will inspire you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.